Good evening, Church. First of all, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, this time, I'm very sure um, many of you are very busy. But uh, I just feel led to talk to all of you, uh, my spiritual family in SIBKL, and uh, maybe there may be others as well from other churches, but I want to say that uh, I just want to talk to you. Uh, this is not a sermon, you know, um, but this is more like a, a chat, if you like, a talk, just something that the Lord has burdened my heart to want to share with you at this time, maybe for the next half an hour or so. Um, what about pastor? Why, why, why do you want to talk to us, my family in SIBKL, uh, in what I call this uh, personal time with SP? What, 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 what's, in, what's in your heart? Let me say this. In my quiet time, the Lord just prompted me by the, His Spirit that many of you out there are frustrated, disappointed maybe, um, fearful, confused. Why? Because of the situation in Malaysia. As I speak now, the numbers of the COVID are still high and don't seem to go down. Plus, whatever is changing or has changed politically. Um, and in fact, I sense in my spirit that some of you have, are even doubting God. It's like the cry of Habakkuk in uh, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2. When the prophet Habakkuk cried out to the Lord when he saw the enemies gaining ground over Israel, Habakkuk cried, How long? How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. And I just feel in my spirit that quite a number of you have reached that stage where you say, Pastor, God, we have prayed, you know. Not that we didn't pray, but nothing seems to happen. God, are you listening? I thought I want to spend this personal, intimate time with you all to allay your fears, maybe to answer your doubts. Because I sensed many of you are fearful, disappointed, frustrated, restless. Why is it that after so much prayer, didn't we go through the 50 days of 24-7 praise and prayer and now coming to a close of 40 days of fast and prayer and the, and, and the COVID numbers are still high. There's a sense of despair, hopelessness, frustration, and I say even doubt. Can I share with you, my friend, 
not my friend. You're family. So this is family time. So this is family time with you, like a spiritual father speaking to the children, to my family. Can we take this as family time? I want to share with you my perspective of why we are experiencing all this. You may not agree with me, it doesn't matter. But I just feel burdened to share with you, to encourage you, to share with us in my perspective what God is actually doing behind the scenes. And then finally, in the next half an hour or so, what should our posture be? So, why are we going through all this? The pandemic is so long, Pastor. It's one and a half years already, you know. We have been locked down on and off, more on than off. Lah, huh? God, why are you so silent? We prayed, you know. Is there no end to all this? I resonate with you. I feel for you. Because I too am going through the same circumstances, all of you. Is there a biblical precedent to this? Can we, can we draw lessons from a biblical precedent? And you know, there is. Just about a couple of weeks ago, I, I was on the Zoom with Pastor Peter Sukahira. Uh, and what he said gave me, a, gave me an idea, a cue. And I studied it further. And this is a result of, of what I looked I studied when I look at scripture. Israel suffered three and a half years, three and a half years of drought, no rain, you know, during Elijah's days. You know, Israel was, no more now probably, an agricultural economy. You know what it means to have no rain, not a single drop for three and a half years? You know, the crops die at the first year. After the crops die in the first year, the livestock all die in the second year. No water. Ma. And by the third year, I would suspect that the entire economy of Israel would have collapsed by that time. And to add it further, God put another half a year, six more months. Three and a half years. You know what happened to the entire economy of Israel during that time in 1st Samuel 17? And, and, and I don't think we are going through that severe. Many of us have enough food to eat and to spare. We are not suffering, persecuted. Because during the three and a half years, the entire nation of Israel was under the control of Jezebel. And Jezebel persecuted the followers of Yahweh, so much so that only 8,000 were left. We're not going through persecution. Praise God for our government. They allow us freedom of worship. But the key is this. Looking at that biblical precedent, what was God doing? God was judging Israel. And you may not agree with me, but I sense by spirit, God is doing the same for Malaysia, you know. God 
is judging Malaysia. During those days, Israel was full of idolatries. Baal worship, Asherah poles were everywhere throughout the whole land of Israel. And God was judging the people of Israel because they have turned away from Yahweh. I sense in my spirit that God is judging Malaysia. Why, uh, Pastor? For the sins of the land. What sins, Pastor? What sins? Corruption. Corruption is endemic in our system. And we all know that. Murder. Murder in the high corridors of power. Pastors missing. Exploitation of the poor. And that's why during this, this pandemic time, the poor are hungry. Who suffers most? Not the middle class Malaysians, but the poor, the B40s, the aliens. God is judging our country for the way we treat the aliens. We abuse them. We, we make use of them. We manipulate them. You know, one, one day I remembered I, I, I came out of, the, of BY for lunch and, and I met this Nepal guard, Nepali guard. And I greeted him. How are you? He said, yes. And he cried. I said, why are you crying? He said that you know something? Uh, he knows I'm a pastor, you see. He said that his employer has not paid him for three months. And he said, I couldn't send any money back to my family in Nepal. Serious? Do you know how many alien workers are shortchanged? God is judging our nation. And I look at the churches. Churches are indifferent, you know. The church just paid lip service to God, going through all the motions and doing our own thing. And we have not stood in the gap on behalf of our land. And God reminded me of the verse in Ezekiel 22, verse 20. God says, I look for a man, I look for a church maybe, among them, among Malaysians, who would build up the wall and stand in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy Malaysia. But I found none. God is judging our land. And for a long time, he looked at Malaysia. He couldn't find a single church that stood in the gap on behalf and repent on behalf of the land. So God's judgment fell on Israel three and a half years, you know. And my prayer is, God, please, not three and a half years. One and a half years is long enough. Like Habakkuk, many times I prayed, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. 
in Ross, Lord, remember mercy. But the good news is this, and I want to say this. 50 days in a Malaysian firewall, the Church of Malaysia came together and responded well. We repented for 50 days or 24-7 prayer and worship. I saw churches of various backgrounds and denominations and vernacular languages. Families came together, repented. And in these 40 days as well, never before have I seen so many of you in SIBKL setting yourself apart to pray and fast to seek the face of God. Jari Tuhan. And I want to believe that God will heal our land. You remember 2 Chronicles 7.14, right? When we come before God and we humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from our wicked ways, God promised He will now hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal the land. And I want to believe that these 50 days of Malaysian firewall and the 40 days of fast and prayer, God will hear us, restore us, save us. And I know He will. I want to encourage you. That's why I want to talk to you, friend. This family time, I want to talk to you. I want to share with you in my perspective what was God doing behind the scenes in our country as we responded to Him? Three things. Firstly, I want to believe that God was bringing us into a time of deep repentance. He was making use of the circumstances of our inconvenience so that the church in Malaysia, and, and praise God, we did it, you see. And I want to believe it's not wasted. Friends, I want to encourage you, it's not wasted time. Even though we don't see the results now, we are beginning to see a breakthrough. God hears our prayers and honours the attitude of humility that we come before Him in deep repentance. And I saw churches coming together in unity, in unison, Various languages coming before God, Tamil speaking, BM speaking, Chinese speaking, English speaking, even Sikh speaking. And I want to believe that when we do that, God will heal, restore. And when there is unity, God commands His blessing. And I want to believe in the second thing, God is doing all of these things and allowing us to go through this difficult period is He's purifying us, friends. He's purifying us. He's purifying the church, the bride of Christ in Malaysia, preparing us to face a far greater challenge ahead of us, grooming us. Oh, is it over? Once the pandemic over, it's all over. No, it's not. Listen to me. I want to believe, I, I believe that God is grooming us for more challenging days ahead, not less. Good God is grooming us for a major spiritual warfare that lies ahead of us. Why, why do you say that, Pastor? Why do you say that? 
Do you think that after this pandemic is over, is is Kesara Sura? Do you think that this pandemic will really be over? With all the variants and all the, 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 the lambda, delta and all this coming up? And I look at the world. Things are changing faster than we expected. Look at Afghanistan. Wow. Short-term gain, long-term loss. We don't know what's going to happen to the entire geopolitical landscape in the world with now the Taliban coming into power in Afghanistan. We don't know. Together with the type of presidency we experience in US right now. I don't know. What I'm trying to say to you is this. The days ahead, my friend, is going to be more challenging, not less challenging. So we cannot let our guard down. We have to keep praying. Even after these 40 days, we have to keep turning to God, seek wisdom, draw strength for Him as He groom us, prepare us. And this is the third thing I believe God is going to do to the churches in Malaysia. Besides it causing us to repent and seek Him, besides purifying us and preparing us, God is setting the stage. I believe very strongly in my spirit for a mighty revival and a breakthrough in the days to come. Why? Because now we are not ready. But as we continue to prepare ourselves and as we continue to allow Him to purify us, we will be ready for the mighty revival and the breakthrough that is coming. I believe that. So that I say to you, my friend, our posture should be Draw closer to God. Don't draw further away from Him. Don't draw away from Him. It's not a time for us to lose heart. Let's continue to believe. Can I encourage you? God is very much in control, you know. Trust Him. Trust Him. He's a good God. Don't allow doubt to set in. Don't give in to all these doubts and negativity in your mind or in your own spirit. Guard your heart. Be strong. Be resilient. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. You know, how, how did God prepare Elijah in three and a half years? What was God doing to Elijah, preparing him? Everything that I shared with you, God is dead to Elijah. And he's doing the same with us. For Elijah, it was three and a half years. And my prayer is for us, Lord, please, not too long, please, not too long. In the three and a half years, how did God prepare Elijah? The brook at Kerith Ravine to make Elijah totally dependent on the ravens for food. That he is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. God will never leave us alone, friend. In Elijah's connection with the widow at Zarephath, how Elijah had to depend upon a weak widow. And then came the ultimate preparation when Elijah was then ready to raise the widow's son 
from death to life, the first mention of resurrection in the Old Testament. Then at that time, God said, Elijah, you are now ready. Ready for what? To relax? No! Ready to fight. Ready to join God in the mighty battle that lies ahead. Because good God chose his soldiers. So I want to believe that God is preparing for you and I for what is to come. So can I encourage you? Please don't be discouraged. Please, let's be strong. Let's be resilient. Let's not give up. As Jude 20 says, we're doing Jude from the pulpit ministry. Verse 20, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Keep yourselves in the love of God intentionally. Don't come out of God's love. Stay connected. Stay united. Contend as one man. Agonizomai. Agonize. Contend for our faith. Contend as one man. Because I want to believe that God will see us through. Stay united. Because together we overcome. Victory ultimately belongs to us. Like what we, we saw in the study of Revelation series. I want to believe that those of you who are blessed by the Revelation series, don't let go. Let your face rise, believing that God who, who starts something, He will see us through and we will end up victorious. Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Let's continue to pray and consecrate ourselves and seek God. Can I encourage you as I close? And you say, Pastor, I'm not Elijah, ma. But you know something? I'm so encouraged, so encouraged by James chapter 5, verse 17, when he says, Elijah was an ordinary man, just like you, just like me. If God can answer the prayer of Elijah, there is hope. God will answer our prayer, my friend. God will answer your prayer. God will answer my prayer. Malaysia will be restored. Malaysia will be saved. Malaysia will be healed. Amen. And we will yet see a breakthrough personally in our families and in our nation and in our churches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come, let me pray for all of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for this time that we can just spend together. Lord, in the midst of all the challenges around us, help us never to lose heart. Again and again, you said, Lord, in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 4, when you say, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Look to me. Look to me. Don't look at circumstances. Don't look at the raging waves. Don't look at the, the storm around you because I'm with you. The Lord will say to you this day that I will be there for you, my friend. I will be there for you, my son. I will be there for you, my daughter. Whatever that you are going through, the Lord will say to you that I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. Even though you have met a lot of uh, disappointments and frustrations, and reversals. This day, the Lord will say to you, take heart, take heart, do not lose hope. Look to me, 
Look to me and I will sustain you. I will save you. I will heal you. I will bring back whatever the years the locusts have eaten. All you need to do is to run to me. Don't run away from me, thus saith the Lord. The Lord will be there for your family. The Lord will say, I will put a fire wall around you, your business, your family, and your loved ones. They may not be here with you in Malaysia. Wherever they are, they will be well. They will be well. And so the Lord will say to you, do not lose hope. Do not lose heart. Take courage. Be strong. Be resilient. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and we know, Lord, that you, will ne you have never failed us and you never will. You never have failed us and you never will. And so this day, we come back to you again and we say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful time that we can have. Tetate, talk to one another. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face, His wonderful, wonderful face to every one of you and your family and always grant you shalom. Shalom. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.